I woke up one morning to find my penis was missing. And welcome back to Next Scene Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast covering pop culture one scene at a time. I'm your host, Sean. Uh, My co-host, Brian, could not join us today, but I've been assured he will be with us next time. So we have that to look forward to. Um, But who we do have, who did bother to show up, the the true professionals of the podcasting world. Oh, yeah. You know him, you you love him. From the um, wonderful, I can only assume... Uh, way to Dune Minute. It's so good. <laughs> it's Liz and George. <laughs> so good. Thank you very much. For tra- <laughs> yeah, no, d- definitely the uh, top professionals in the podcasting game. Uh, we've yeah, been yeah, just on a rec- world renowned yeah. podcasters. Just don't, just don't look for me on Karate Kid 2 for any reason. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. To, 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 for those of us listening in the future, um, you don't have to wait for Way to Dune Minute. And I'm, sh- I'm sure it was wonderful. It is the year 10,091. <laughs> yeah, depending on how far in the future you're waiting, that might actually be true. It is the year 10,091. Way to do minute has still not released. <laughs> We're going to will it into existence. Um, but anyway, so for for those of us listening here and, and recording here in the year 2021. Are you uh, doing a podcast? What? Yeah. Wow. Is, it, is that, should I not do that? His, 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 he does a, it's a holiday thing do, yeah. each year. It's a year, an annual it. tradition. It's a 30 years from now, someone's going to dig this up okay. or like it's going to be intercepted well, yeah, by a space probe. How, and they're going to be yeah, like, no, that's how they'll date our slang. That's how they will come up with the lexicon of our time. Well, can we just make up new slang while we're doing this one? Just <laughs> really throw Please. off the future anthropologists. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Well, now they're on to us. Yeah. But anyway, so we are here for uh, part six of our eight-part journey through Home Alone 2, Lost in the Podcast. And this chunk runs from approximately uh, one hour, 15 minutes to one twenty-eight. And what we see is... Three hours um, of movie time. Yeah. So we've got, um, we've got planning. This chunk chooses violence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Also, for... for Compared to the first one, I actually, this is for me a feasible amount of time to set up your death traps. Because mm-hmm. he starts at nine and wraps it up at midnight. Whereas in the first one, he's like, oh, I got to get started. And then he's like, 32 minutes later, he has the entire house rigged to blow. Right. So, I mean, it's a trade off. Like at this point, he's not home. It's someone else's home that he's setting up, but he's done this before. He's, yes. you know, he's, he's still he's, home he's... alone, but he's uh, practiced. Right. He's he's got more confidence. Like this is the stepway point to eventually the the Saw franchise. Exactly. He is he is baby jigsaw. I was actually literally said that this afternoon. Seriously. I was talking about what I had to yeah, do this, this child. The whole time I was just like Kevin Callister woke up today and said, I choose violence. Yeah. Like Yeah. He's, he yeah. is I thought I was watching a terrorist movie for a while. Like he is <laughs> like season four of Homeland? Yeah, he's like dipping rope cotton rope and kerosene, and kerosene? who and does like, that he's when, when we start the blood, montage man. he initially opens up the drawer and takes out the first thing he takes out is a blowtorch the blowtorch this is like die hard if bruce willis and went hair. to alan rickman's house you know? oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. if bruce willis was like found an abandoned hotel and was like and then, i'm gonna turn this into a death trap for some thieves Lured all of the uh, the terrorists there and picked them off one by one. 
Yeah. So I, I do want to say just <laughs> a, a little bit on the movie. So we see, so we start this chunk with, so Kevin has just left the pigeon lady and um, at Carnegie Hall and we see him running down the street and we see a clock that says nine o'clock. That's how we know. And then later we'll see it'll be at midnight. It'll be at 12. So how we know the three hours. And I just want to mention, so this clock is actually not in New York City. This is a, sh- a shot of the Father Time clock that's in front of the iconic Jewelers Building in Chicago, ah. and it's got a it's got actually a little uh, well I think it's like five feet tall. It's a, a statue of Father Time on top of the clock, um, which they cut out in the frame, which I guess they don't want people because that would that's a, apparently well, too much uh, a giveaway. Yeah, apparently that's a, like an iconic Chicago landmark type thing, so they kind of cut it out so people don't know, but. Um, if you're a you know a pro podcaster like we are here at Next Scene Pod, and can Google and use gotta get to Wikipedia the and use, and use a reverse image search on Google. Yeah, that and, too. Uh, yeah, you figure these things out. Um, so just a little little trivia tidbit to drop on on the family this Christmas time while you're sitting around and there's a lull in the conversation. You'd be like, hey, so you know who, that clock and uh, whatever. Whose house is he booby trapping? So it's, this in a, it's is, like an abandoned hotel or something. No, it's like it's like it's the his house uncle. Of his, Uncle, yeah. Is it his uh, mom's yes. brother or his dad's brother? I think it's his dad's brother because he had – so on the plane, he was supposed to be carrying his father's bag. So he's got yeah. dad's – and apparently dad has some like old-timey Rolodex uh, address book with all the family addresses. So yeah, Kevin so looked up the, the aunt and uncle had one of those. in New York. And uh, apparently then there – I don't know, maybe they're in France with the other uncle – but they're out of town while their townhouse is being renovated. So this is, yeah, this is belongs to, I'm pretty sure it's the father's other brother. Um, I'm just wondering what sort of the, yeah. where the connection level is, because she goes to the house to check on, to see if he's there once they get to the, uh, uh, once they get to New York, but right. you think yeah. they would know where they'd be. I was like, what mm-hmm. a random place for it. Why, how did she randomly just show oh, up? Did you miss, the- did you miss the fact that they were related? I- uh, I haven't watched this movie in I don't know Remember? several years. I think I watched this last year for some reason. I think it maybe just came on. It was like, yeah, oh, throw this on. It'll be fun, and just throw it on, and just yeah. So I've seen it relatively recently, seasonally recently, anyway. Yeah, so it is. So that's how she knows the address because she knows the aunt and uncle. But she, I mean, she would know they're out of town or they're having the place fixed up. But she's wondering where would Kevin go? What does yeah. he know? Oh, he's got, you know, he's got the father's address book. He knows there's aunt and uncle in the city type thing. So that's why we later see her showing up because she's, you know, Kate is smart like that. Yeah. So I know the whole penny off of the Empire State Building could kill somebody. It's been debunked because there's not enough mass to develop enough lethal force. It could hurt somebody, wouldn't kill them. Mm -hmm. What's the math on a brick off of a three story brownstone? (laughs) Several bricks. Wait, wait. That's I mean, just the first one is already like, whoa. But there's like four or five. They're craft bricks. They're at made least, out of foam. At, at least three. I wasn't counting. Yeah. Four. I mean, it, this is four bricks. Is it four? It's four bricks. Four bricks. Four bricks. Um, uh, uh, I feel like Marv loses 10 IQ points each time he gets hit. I and mean, he doesn't have a lot to start with. No. He's really the star of this chunk, though, for me. <laughs> Marv is. Him is him and Kevin's accuracy. Yeah. Okay. So wait, are we going in chronological order or can I talk about something from this moment of this chunk? Oh, no, I've already jumped all over the place. You, you do what you want to do. Um, 
Yeah, I think I was just here to hold on tight. Yeah, chronological order. We left in Chicago with the Father Time Clock, and we're in New York, (laughs) where apparently it's very timey wimey. So there you go. So this child, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, this movie should have been like named Home Alone Two: Kevin Chooses Violence. He had it out. This child is shooting photos of the theft with a Polaroid camera. <laughs> yeah. That spits out the photos. Yeah, so does worry about one hour Harry photo says, or digital or when Harry says, toss me the camera, we walk away, it's all cool. <laughs> Kevin could have just tossed him the camera Tossed because the camera. he already had the photos. Yeah. Kevin yeah. chooses violence. Kevin chooses violence and <laughs> he starts it off with bricks. Yeah, man. Yeah. This is not a fun family movie. This is terrorism. <laughs> this young boy is like out for blood of these. Listen, these guys aren't great, but like he aggressively pursues their misery. Yes, he does. Right. Like, well, how and- cute is Marv when he's like, <laughs> how'd my hair look? And then Kevin goes, <laughs> smile, and Marv does like the. He actually does. He like posts yeah, up next bit. to her and like smile and like does a can't like does the sorority pose. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do like it because that's it, that shows you just how kind of thoughtful, conniving, and dangerous this child is. Because yes. I'm watching this, and he he first takes a picture of Harry and Marv in the toy store, toy store through the window, and my first thought is. The flash is just bouncing off the glass. You're not going to get a good picture. You're just going to see the flash. But he knows he knows the picture isn't going to develop. That's just getting the the robber's attention, the bandits, yeah. the, the sticky bandits. So he knows he's got to take another picture once they're outside that's not through the glass. Um, yeah, well, and so, yes, he could, yeah, throw down the camera. But even before that, he's got a suite at the plaza. He could just stay there and be like, all right, no, you know, he's been ratted out. <laughs> he can't go there anymore. Oh, I love yeah, we got a little bit of Tim out. Curry in this bit. The hotel staff is also top notch. Oh, that's right. He can't go back to the hotel. Yeah, he's been outed. He's been, yeah. he's been, uh, they, they're like, oh, we've got your credit card. Ah, you're yeah. stolen. Ah, and he runs away. Okay. All right. So that explains that. But still, yeah, he could just toss down the camera. Well, and doesn't, you know, Harry isn't too bright. With the whole toss down the camera thing, doesn't he? Maybe he didn't see that it was a Polaroid. Maybe I. I, I, I that, it would be fair for Harry to not have seen the camera type. Yeah, yeah he just saw a flash and it was like, okay, this is the this is the nineties, right? So it's not like they have to worry about digital. Yeah, toss me the memory um, card. <laughs> toss me the memory card. But yeah, Marv is great. Well, and then even before that, backing up a little bit, we're. Sorry, listeners, we're jumping all over the place. Deal with it. Everywhere. Um, when they're when they're in there, and and so Harry opens up the uh, the register, which one that's kind of on the store. They just they don't count the money and well, do yeah. A night I, deposit. Listen, I've worked in retail, and even on Christmas Eve, I had especially on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you ha- the manager has to do a bank drop. No one's going to leave a, a literal chest of money left- sitting behind the counter with invisibility of the front street. Most places I work, we left $100 in the till. That's it. That's it. That included your change. So if you had, if somebody gave you like $10 in pennies or some shit, like 10 of your dollars were pennies. Yeah. So anyway, so so Harry cracks open the 
the cash register and says, Merry Christmas, Harry, to himself, which is, not, you know, can't, no greetings for his partner there. He's just congratulating himself. But then when Marv opens the chest, it's Happy Hanukkah, Marv. I like What about Baby Jesus? The inclusions. Now, I know what they should have done is this being the sequel is amp it up and have a third burglar and have like a third thing, you know, like a Santa Claus sack that the third burglar opens and then can be like, Happy, happy winter solstice. <laughs> happy, yeah. Happy winter yeah, solstice. Happy Boxing Day. You win. Oh yeah, yeah. You could be a British guy and be like, oh, Happy Boxing Day, mate. No, that's not a holiday. That's where you throw away the boxes from Christmas. It's a holiday in the UK. It's a, yeah, they but make it's anything not, into a holiday. Have you yeah, seen Doctor Who? Gi- it's not a gift-giving holiday. The holiday is still Christmas. Boxing Day is the day where you throw away all the boxes. Maybe of they're the really into boxes and they want to recycle. Whatever. It could have been a box of money. Happy That's not boxing. how Boxing Day works. They it could make it work. It's They're repurposing the ma- it for their own choices. The magic of cinema. Yeah. I'll make excuses for him. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wait. Okay. So I have questions about this chest of money. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. What? It, yeah. Why? <laughs> why? To show off. It's like an aspirational thing. It's like, oh, look, everyone else has donated. You should donate too. Because if it's just a big, like, blank, like a wooden chest, you can't see. And it's like, okay, well, you just throw 20 bucks in there and you never see it again. You got to see it. It's like, it's like the thermometer <laughs> if it, for, if it's for fundraising. You throw your $20 in and you can stare at it longingly with regret filled eyes forever. Like, oh, man, I wish I'd given that $20 to kids. I wish yeah. I'd given that $20 to me. Happy you birthday. You got to stimulate it. You know, yeah, you know, like if you work in retail, or if there's like if you put out, you don't put out an empty tip jar. Oh no! You put in like a couple singles in there, so it. I mean, you know, encourage. We do. Like yeah, action. we yeah. do. We do uh, on Fridays at work. If you want to wear jeans, you have to uh, contribute two dollars, and then at the end of the year, we donate it to charity, and our CEO matches it or whatever. Goes uh, to the human fund. But I always, I always put money in first thing in the morning to keep other people, and it's in like a lucite box so that like to keep yeah. other people honest to be like oh yeah we really people really do donate to this if i wear yeah. jeans i gotta put my money in all about the human psyche but it's tiny it is a very small lucite box it is not a treasure chest filled with bills. No, proportionally the giant treasure chest of money is just going to make her to deliver more exactly also yeah. <laughs> old man toy boy he's he's real nice everyone likes him so um, I think he has just nice says encourages everybody. He's basically Santa Claus in this movie, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, and you know, who would who would rob a toy store on Christmas Eve? These jabronis. I mean, they're <laughs> shitty human beings and their morality is just bottomed out. But that's not a bad idea if but like, yeah, if like you're that. gonna if you're gonna rob a store on Rob it on Christmas, Christmas. yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna rob a store on Christmas, it's yeah, it seems like a toy store is probably not a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah it's like robbing the payroll exist? coach. Go where the money is. Are there still toysters? Do they still exist? There's like little ones. I know that there's like a like a weird, like not quite educational, but fun little toy store. Like in handmade toys. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah. oh, look at all these like weird odds and ends and like kites and like kind of not quite. Yeah, it's not all like the toys a, that are not fun. It's not a KB but, uh, toys for sure. Yeah, I think between, the toys that between Walmart require and brain batteries. Amazon. Yeah, brain batteries. Yeah, between Walmart and Amazon, we really don't have toy stores anymore. Yeah, 
which is right. Like they put, they're putting KB toys in Macy's now. Really? There's still Macy's. (laughs) That's that's the surprising bit of that news. But like all these department stores, they have to expand into more departments so that they can stay competitive with the one-stop online shop. So you can just go there and get everything and leave. Don't worry. I'm, I'm slow. I'm, I'm slowly, uh, I'm slowly going to work this too. I think Kohl's does a big risk trade in toys because my mom buys a lot of toys. My anti-capitalist rant of last year's <laughs> Christmas, the next scene. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Now, see, what I would – see, I, what I, what I kind of wish they had done with this franchise, instead of making a series of Christmas movies, is branch out a little bit. And so – Okay, so they do this where it's the Toy Store and Christmas Eve. Maybe Home Alone 3 is they break into a candy store on Halloween. You know, so they got all that Halloween money and something like that. They really could have branched out into other holidays. Or break into a church on Easter. A spirit Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At the local abandoned CVS. Yep. Exactly. While everyone's out trick-or-treating. Yes. Is it just me or is it very frustrating in movies like these how – Sloppily, they put the money in the bag. Yeah, it's in yes. stacks in the till. Everywhere. It in it's scattered it everywhere. They're so inefficient. You could, yeah, like it takes Harry 15 minutes to get that money out of that till. I could have had it out in 15 seconds. Why didn't yeah. they just take the chest with them? Thank you. Take the whole <laughs> till out of the drawer. Just, just yeah, empty in the, bag. the till into the chest and take the chest with you. Take the chest with you. Uh, you want they take the whole register. You could probably sell the thing for a lot of money. Wait, it's wait, old wait, and antique. Wait, wait. But their their whole thing was somehow they were they had a plan to get in and out without setting off the alarm. If they had to carry that big heavy chest, how uh, maybe that would ruin their alarm plans. Right. Did maybe, they but they I feel out? like if it's a smash and grab, they just boom run no, out. No, they weren't planning gone. to smash because they Kevin smashes the window. Yeah. No, I just mean like he like pried open the the register with a crowbar. They weren't exactly trying to be delicate about it. They just needed to get right. in there when there was nobody else there and hiding yeah. in the dollhouses this, is what this, got them. Uh, this massive toy emporium only has glass break alarms. It does not have any internal yeah. motion sensors or any other sort of uh, like uh, noise detection, <laughs> like when or you're busting no, the register. Yeah. Sean, this was uh, this Toy Story's F A O Schwartz, right? I think that's kind of what we're supposed to think in the film. They probably just didn't, you know, they, they didn't get the rights in, in the movie. I'd always heard that they had they had filmed it there for various reasons, but then couldn't get clearance for the final scene, which is where the um, whole, you know, thing was supposed to happen. So he wasn't supposed to lure them to a second location, which is even more mm-hmm. predatory, baby Dexter. They were supposed to happen <laughs> in the toy store. They couldn't get the rights for that part. So they decided to do it on a soundstage in an old, old house. Mm hmm. Which is very yeah. much mirrors the whole basement thing in the first one, but you know, tone is tone yeah. and it plays. Never go to a second location. No, no. not with a hippie, not with a t- nine-year-old with a not with a, a very an aggressive first. child <laughs> who thinks, you know what, I like to play with blow torches. Yeah, never follow a <laughs> never follow a murderous sure. child to a second location. And I love how us as a society will just absolutely give this kid a blank check to do what he wants because he's doing it to bad people, even though he's doing horrible, torturous things to these guys. Very bad things. There's no indication that he's had any amount of therapy. No, but he obviously needs a lot. Obviously, obviously. 
I think that movie, The Good Son, took place in between these two, and it was supposed to be like the spiritual sequel to the first one, where he's like processing all his dark feelings by killing kids. Well, I kind of want to say, so, where's I'm look, uh, where's the quote in my notes? Um, oh, so also included in this section, in addition to the you know the the sadism of of Kevin McAllister, there's a scene. Um, so his parents have arrived, or his family yeah. has arrived in New York. We see uh, Kate and Peter um, confronting the the desk folks at the at the hotel at the Plaza, and one of the things she says is. Because of you, our child is lost in one of the biggest cities in the world. Like, wait, wait because of who? Like, does it, you know, as parents, they're completely disavowing any responsibility for any of this. Like, they're laying it all on, you know, all at the feet of the staff of this hotel, whose job is not to babysit this, you know, this crazy nine-year-old on True. his killing spree. But... Had they not, like, tried to bust him for stealing a credit card and all that stuff, he wouldn't have run away and left, and it had to be whatever. He would have stayed there in the hotel until they eventually showed up and got him. Right. Yeah, well, like, but didn't, I, I think but they... didn't they... Re, they re, sorry to interrupt, but didn't they report the credit card is stolen? When they saw the activity on the card, they just could have figured, oh, Kevin used the credit card, he booked a hotel, what a responsible child, let's go pick him up. Instead of reporting the card is stolen and getting him kicked out. Yeah, they're terrible parents too. Yeah, they there's a yeah, there's like a lot of not right. greatness yeah. happening here. Yeah, I'm sorry, Liz, you were you were going to say something? No, I think it was basically just that there's like not a lot of greatness happening here. Yeah. A lot of a lot of adults failed at adulting in order for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Which honestly this, seems pretty yeah. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is it's a morality tale where Kevin represents capitalism and we see the laissez-faire parenting style of pete and kate when you mm -hmm. let the capitalists go nuts and harry and marv are just the people that are they're just trying to scrape by and they're just getting hit hit brick after brick after brick from capitalism yeah they're trying to get ahead they're you know they tried to work in the system didn't work yeah. so they plot along and they're robbing individual people and they're like this this is not doing it for us so then well, they try you, you know they, they try and get a better job and they go for uh work smarter not harder and then this mm -hmm. the capitalism still comes and throws bricks in their skull right the, yeah they're Multiple not stealing bricks. from individuals they're stealing from a business and that would lose nothing insurance would cover all of exactly. this yeah it's a victimless crime they're just and you know what they're going to be spending that money in the community yeah, they're going to put that money back in the community. Maybe not the exactly. New York City community, but, but like a Some community. community. <laughs> Probably the uh, strippers and uh, drugs community. Well, you know what? But those right. people need to make money, too. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm just like, where's, you know, like that's probably where a good chunk of the uh, that, that will return Grandpa back Santa into. Santa Moneybag's going to put his? He's not going to put it back in the community. He's going to put it in a bank and hoard it like a dragon. And it's not going to do anybody else any good. He's going to take that money out. No, it's out. for a children's charity. Not the stuff in the registers, not. He was just going to take that. He's going to, yeah, he's going to take, that's going to leave the community. Oh, no, that's just, that's just normal capitalist, like, Christmas story stuff. But the stuff in the chest. It's going to leave the community and it's going to sit in the nether regions of existence because money right. isn't real anyway and not do anybody any good. This, yeah, this Duncan toy chest guy hasn't paid for overnight security hasn't paid for someone to do a night deposit to empty out the, the register. 
he this is not a job creator. He is just no, he accumulating deserves wealth. Every, yeah, he deserves to lose this money, honestly. Yeah. He's bad at business. If he was exactly. better at business, he would have his business would have survived. Isn't that the point of capitalism? If bad mm-hmm. things happen to you, it's because it's your fault you didn't prepare. Exactly. White exactly. people. Yeah, but he's a presumably old white man, so he's yeah. gonna oh, yeah, benefit from the yeah. society. We live in a society. We live in a society. I think that's that sums up <laughs> Home Alone Two in a. <laughs> we live in a society where nine and ten year old boys just run around and they attack people and they throw bricks and there's no repercussions. I mean, basically. Also, we live in a society where the walk and don't walk signs are still written in English. What about non-English speakers? Before This is before they turned it to the signals, like, you know, the people and the symbols. Mm-hmm. The red safer, hand and the... Safer guy. these days. Yes. I mean, this is the early 90s. We've made some progress. I mean, there's still there's a ways to go, but, you know... Yeah, capitalism is way stronger now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the dichotomy is way more, <laughs> way more visible. Because uh, old white men are older and whiter. Well, they're still white, but and like they have richer. accumulated more wealth. Yeah. Cool. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> God bless yeah, us, ho, everyone. Ho, ho. So we do get a little bit of the the booby traps that yeah. that Kevin has set up, including the staple gun attached to. Uh, the front door, and this goes yeah. back to or the earlier comment about. How many IQ points has hmm. Marv lost due to these bricks that he he pulls on the front doorknob and a rope comes out and he just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling. You'd figure after What's a few feet, he'd realize, like, this is not right. This is, you know, doorknobs are not supposed to do yeah, this. And there's nothing, this is not it, traditionally how I open doors. Yeah, there's nothing to indicate that these guys have learned a single thing since the last time they dealt with this kid. Marv still, like, you know, like, barrels right ahead to the door. Um, uh, Harry is, like, running around the back, like, oh, just pushing through doors. Not, like, they're not going to, like, set him on fire or burn his hand or anything like that. Like, you were there, right? You do yeah. remember that last time, or did you block it out because of PTSD? Well, I think it's a, it's a commentary on our prison system that, you know, instead of just warehousing people, there should be some focus on rehabilitation educational opportunities could have gotten a GED, like could have learned a trade. They've spent well, most well, of the past year in prison. They could have, you know, and nobody put that hires people use. with criminal records. So what are you supposed yeah, to do true. when you get out of the prison industrial complex? And I watched you're not, Ant-Man the other day. It's still true. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Baskin Robbins always finds out. They always How, find out. If you can't get a job at Baskin Robbins, what, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to form any kind of, fulfilling employment that meets any of your needs for a like functional life. Well, of course you're going to go back to what you know and what you, how you survive. Not before. to mention functioning social circles that move you out, you know, the, 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 you know, your, your past experiences and your, the place where you were before. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cyclical downward spiral. Yes, it's built to bring that cheap labor back into these money-making prisons. Oh, we're on a different tangent this year. <laughs> yeah. We went hard on prison industrial yeah. complex. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, yeah. <laughs> what will I rail against next year? 
I mean, it's are you going to rail against slapping Tim Curry? No, that's fine. Okay, cool. I support that. I love his face and all that. After he, she slaps him, he goes like, bundle up, it's extremely cold outside. And he just has a sort of like, hmm. it's a very Rocky Horror face. He kind of looks off to the side and is like, hmm. I'm sad for someone slapped me. It's great. I love it. Yeah, we, we, we can't let the episode go without mentioning the great, yeah. uh, great Tim Curry as Mr. <laughs> Hector, the concierge, and the great reaction shop shot from the slap from Kate. But again, Isn't it's... It? He, he just works there. He's just an employee. And He's Kate right is... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to rehash the bit, but if you ever want to hear a very funny bit on Home Alone 2, um, Bim Bam has a whole bit about um, him trying to check out a kid's dick. And it is just... <laughs> it's, it's spot on based on motivation. <laughs> They're not wrong, but it's mm-hmm. so good. And uh, yeah, anyway. So seek that out. Just look up the Bim Bam Home Alone Two, and you'll 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 have it's a good it. time. Do not search the internet for kids' dick; you'll end up on the list. Don't do <laughs> that. No. Just just do Home Alone Two, Mabim Bam. Do not go d- deeper than that. Stay out of that rabbit hole. All right, can we talk about this floor plan map thing? Map of it's plans. very colorful, and it's he's really good at layout. Like, yeah, I'm like, this is a great floor plan. I guess it does help that he is drawing it. That they're like, this building is being renovated, so there are these technical maps here for him to use blueprints but right to explain how he's so familiar with the layout of yeah this townhouse um but boy is his artwork way ahead of his printing (laughs) yeah when he takes the time to it would have taken me all three hours to draw that map yeah you know he like alternates colors between letters yeah, uh, I'm sure he did this beforehand. Like, this is like during the day. This is day work. This is several days work. And I like, and there's some, uh, some, some contrast to the, the previous map from Home Alone 1. So on that, that is the, the Home Alone map was labeled Battle Plan. Yeah. This one is Operation Ho, Ho, Ho. So apparently, sometime, sometime in the past year, Kevin McAllister has seen Die Hard. Yeah, he's <laughs> take away. He's he's learned about military warfare because he is yeah. going to spend another Christmas in the trenches. Yeah, another Christmas. I want him to have put paint cans parentheses again, again. Yeah, <laughs> fire again, blowtorch again. Yeah, all the things. Tool chest is new. The tool chest is new. Um, the bricks, I think, are new. Tool bag, you know, ladder. There's a lot of other things that kind of like, you know, he kind of like varies a theme. But yeah, yeah. Paint cans, that's a whole classic. Yeah. Oh, that's what I mentioned. So we've got the great kind of the uh, John Williams score and uh, heist music that goes on for this section. The On the soundtrack, this track for Home Alone 2 is called Preparing the Trap. Oh, I thought it was called A Whole Shitload of Piccolos. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> And, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> and, you know, I'm to my ear. It sounds very similar to a track from the Home Alone, the motion picture soundtrack called "Setting the Trap." So, what's what's the difference between preparing the trap and setting the trap? I don't know. I just know John Williams got paid twice. It's a lot of piccolos. <laughs> That's really the difference. Yeah. So if you're you know if you're a member of the proletariat and you hear some piccolos, <laughs> run. Because capitalism oh, yeah. is about to come down so on you hard. very hard. 
So, okay. So. Looking at both of these maps, I think some of the charm of Home Alone was that Kevin used everyday toys and things around the yeah. house. Christmas ornaments. Set these traps, yeah. Like matchbox cars, micro machines. Things off of the trees. Yeah. yeah, his toys, his brother's mm -hmm. tarantula. And this year... He is like, nah, I'm yeah, going. got his contracting license. Yeah, exactly. It's all very <laughs> industrial. None of it. Also, what's he protecting? He, you're right. He's luring them in. He's he literally yeah. lures yeah. them into with this. This is terrifying. This is a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this he is, becomes. He's this prototype. He's a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. Kid is a serial killer. And what's even worse is he finally discovers an erection in all of this, and he's never the same afterwards. He just spends the rest of his life chasing this high. Yeah, chasing it high. Oh, I want to drop paint cans on some miscreants. Yeah, what is the thing with the paint cans? He loves paint cans. That is a that is a very odd, very specific fetish. <laughs> well, in the la in la in the original map, uh, it was heavy cans. But he has a ton of paint cans to work with in this movie. Yeah. Maybe it's just because it's like, it's what's around. He's just uh, finding things, utilizing what's, you know, what's natural surrounding sort of things. But like, how does he know? So again, again, going back to Home Alone 1, he's in his own home. He's kind of just making do with what's around. Here, he's at a construction site, a house that looks like it's being completely gutted. So he's got kind of industrial construction stuff. But like, okay, paint cans, he knows. The rest of this stuff, you know, how does, how does he, like, I'm trying to think when I was like nine or 10 years old, did I even know what kerosene was? I, 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 I feel that, I mean, I don't want to give him like, I don't want to encourage this behavior, but I do feel like there's some animalistic genius going behind Kevin McAllister's uh, ability to comprehend and utilize mm -hmm. like complex machinery and tools. But like, and yeah, like everything there. on a job site is dangerous. Yeah. Yes. He just got to figure out which direction to point it for it to hurt, and then he can do something with it. Right. I mean, at no time do we see Kevin wearing a hard hat, eye protection, no kind of safety gear. <laughs> no PPE. No PPE. No. The inspector came in, he would shut down that job site for sure. Also, mm -hmm. what's the safety rating on that? Uh, there is no uh, like pressure sensor on that uh, staple gun. Typically, you have to press, engage, and then pull the trigger, and then it will fire. Yeah, most even like the non-pressured ones usually have some sort of two-action yeah. trigger. Yeah. There's some kind of safety mechanism. Definitely not. I mean, unless he, unless he knows it well enough to where he maybe jammed it in there so it's automatically firing. With this kid, you can't tell. I mean, I, well, I wonder how many of these you know, trap slash torture devices, how much of this has Kevin gleaned from his father and his father's work in the Chicago mob? Mm, fair, because we yeah. still have the question of, again, Pete, Pete McAllister is paying for a, you know, family vacation for 10 people covering two families and their many children, where at least the parents are getting, uh, you know, are flying first class. And you have here his brother, has what must be a very expensive, very valuable, you know, three-decker townhouse in uptown Manhattan and can afford to be off somewhere else, living elsewhere while it's being completely renovated. Like, and we never kind of hear, like, what is it that 
the McAllisters do? What's the family business? They're white. Well, hmm. that always That's helps. It. Yeah. It's white privilege, probably old money, been passed down for generations, a lot of tax loopholes, that sort of thing. Sure. Sure. It all derives like from like slavery. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we trace it back. There's some there's definitely some funny business. I think not, yeah. Not I so think funny, if we did business. a little twenty three and me going on, we'd see some uh, interesting origin points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have we kind of gotten into um your past. Oh, we know we did. So I know Liz, you, you mentioned you had seen wow. <laughs> well with the film. Sorry, specifically with the oh. film. You mentioned you haven't seen the, the film recently. But George, what's your history with, with the Home Alone 2? Oh, I mean, I probably saw this in the theater when it came out originally because I saw the first one and obviously laughed like everybody else. And then the second one came out a few years later and watched that one too. And um haven't watched this one as much as the first one. Yeah. But uh I I mean I remember the second time I saw it, I was like Okay. All right. Again, the thing is, it's so similar to the first one and a lot of the tones and the beats and the execution that it's like, right. well, I've seen the first one. Watching the second one is basically the same thing. Yeah. It's just it in does, New York. Yeah. It does feel a lot more like a remake than than a sequel, that it matches up a lot of, you know, the. Yeah. The, 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 more of a reimagination. Like a, yeah, like a, a retelling, a reboot. What if this was not in his personal home, but in a hotel? Yeah. Yeah. It's a soft reboot. Now let's just go Home Alone in Paris. Home Alone, you know, like just going around the world. And he just has the most unfortunate travel history and also sets up traps worldwide. You like what the Olsen twins did. All of their movies were like wealthy twins get up to hijinks on a family vacation or wealthy twins studying abroad. Get up to hijinks. Wealthy twins go to the model you win. Get up to hijinks. Yeah, but like, well, I'm glad he didn't go that movies. route with like, because I've never seen a Home Alone after this one. They um, they're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How many more are I'll there? I'll say that they're very up and down. There's uh, there's five. What? And how two. many of them have uh, Macaulay Culkin in them? Just the first two? Just these two, right? Just the first yeah. two. Because after that, it's like his cousin Alex or something stupid. Yeah, the third one is a different family. But so there's 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 there were five in the original series and then the the home sweet home alone, the 2021 remake again, dating the podcast. <laughs> I do what I, I did. A full remake well, in of 2021, it? like in 2021, you just get out the iPad and you like Instacart some groceries. Yeah. And you just like, like watch Netflix the whole time. And if anybody tries to rob exactly. you, after you your say, parents FaceTime you like every hour on the hour once they realize like, what's happening. Oh my god, you're safe at home, cool. And then the kid's like, Yeah, no no worries. If a burglar shows up, I'll just give them something expensive because like it's hard out there. <laughs> and people yeah. are hungry. So like they can have one of our 17 TVs yeah. and some like hot pockets. And it's cool. Don't worry. Invite them in, make you, them a move. Don't worry. Your credit card info is saved in the Instacart account. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Put your Apple ID so I can actually buy movies. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, how does this translate? What are people going to say? Because you have enough people saying for the original in 1990 saying, well, gee, why didn't he just call the cops? Where, yeah, for modern day, it's, well, why isn't he just FaceTiming with his family and they can they can just FaceTime and hold up their iPhone while they're walking around Paris and they won't even know he's not there? 
So he's not even alone anymore. Yeah. Oh. Think of it, I mean, that's like a dream. Oh, to be home, home alone? I would love to be home alone. Right. That's, that's, like, and that'd be like the, the true Christmas miracle. If I could just be home alone, not have to worry about anyone else. Oh. Cross your fingers, man. <laughs> Make a wish. I tell you, this kid doesn't know how. Maybe you wake it. up and your whole family will be gone. And you're like, oh, my, I made my family disappear. Yeah. And then I could just sit around eating ice cream, watching old gangster films. That's Better basically... come out and pound me. <laughs> yes. That's uh, basically my life. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, the the, uh, the 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 traps unfolding is the, is like honestly, it's the saving grace of any of these movies. Like that ten minutes where it just kind of cuts loose is. That's really why you sit around and watch all the other stuff because, I mean, even this one with uh, our old cameo with old old Donald Trump popping up in there, mm-hmm. which uh, we could totally have him digitally removed. By the way, super easy. Which I'm not sure why they haven't. You can do it so easy. It's like, sorry, bud, you're gone. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like a, you know, like a monster movie, like a Godzilla movie where it's all build up for the first hour and a half. And then in that third act, you get, you get the monster. Godzilla and Mothra going toe to toe. Where in this case, the monster is. Kevin. Capitalism as embodied by a a 10 year old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we get, what is it like? I think the final three minutes of this section is Harry and Marv had ar- have arrived at the townhouse where uh, Kevin has lured them in and, and the vi- violence ha- you know, Ensued. has started. And then the rest, um, you know, like just the, the remaining 20 minutes of the film is just um, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gorefest, yeah. Gorefest, yeah. yeah. So he just did, forget... You know, we get the Bricks conversation, which mm-hmm. is amusing. We get uh, Harry and Marv splitting up, which never split up the party. It's a classic no. mistake. Uh, Marv gets I, a couple of staples to his his dingus and his butt and then his face, and then he kicks the door open. Harry gets to fall on his back with the grease ladder rung, and then Marv gets to uh, fall a full story and face plant very aggressively on the uh, basement floor. Yeah. Now, I do like there's a mix because uh, obviously they can't give away everything or give too much. So we, you know, we have that map, that Operation Ho 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 plan, which has it has the bricks, although we don't know quite uh, how Kevin's going to use them. Then we see we see the grease on the fire escape is labeled. So we see some things, but then there's some other things. You know, there'll be some other surprises. They can't give away everything you know in the plan because then that would kind of ruin it but uh yeah and i think uh good point about the split up i don't think harry and marv realize that they're in you know they're in a monster slash horror film because obviously the first rule is you don't split up you never split up when you're in a horror film uh, which they should have learned last time but right like i feel like this is kind of on them (laughs) i also the brick bit is just so good like, it's so improbable, but it's just, and you can see it coming from a mile away. No, you can't. I really thought he was going to hit Harry the last time. I really did. Harry was turned around. He was facing Marv. Marv saw it coming. He could have rolled away. But then he, he didn't roll away. Think, would it have been funnier for Harry to take a brick to the back of the head? Or no, this was Marv perfect. Or get Marv that fourth brick right in the face? Brick four into Marv's dome is what I wanted in this chunk. 
It and then was, he had the marks on his forehead, just like he had the iron in the first the one. Iron. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, yeah. the only good things in this section of this movie are uh, Marv and Catherine O'Hara. Not like the character Kate, because <laughs> she's not great, but no, like Catherine not. O'Hara. Yeah. Well, Catherine O'Hara is always great. Yeah. Yes. The wonderful Catherine O'Hara. The wonderful Daniel Stern. Um, so they mix it up a little bit, yeah. I really like Tim Curry in this bit too, but that's just because I like Tim Curry a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the best bits of of, of Tim uh, Curry came earlier in the film, kind of sections two and three. But he gets a little bit, and yeah, the the reaction to the follow up on Kate Slap gives him, you know, just the wonderful facial expressions that uh, a little bit of room to stretch. Like, oh, yeah. there he yeah. is. There he is. There's our old Curry that we know so well. So I think that about wraps up uh, most of my notes that I had for this section. Anything, anything else you want to add? Anything you want to say on, um, you know, out, outside of this section on the film in general or the the Home Alone franchise? As we've as we said, there's there's five of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think we're going back to the well next year. I don't think we're covering Uh-oh. Home Alone three. This. <laughs> but, oh no. Got to find new material. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, any any other Home Alone comments you want to add while you're with us? Mm, no, I'm good. Well, wait. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what, George, while you're thinking about it, Liz, you can think about it a little bit longer. I actually want to go back to something. When Harry finally gets inside the house, he finally gets that front door open. Or sorry, when Marv, when Marv gets in the front door... He says, Harry, I've reached the top. What the? Of the stairs, I guess. Of the world. I'm on top of the world. You just in the, you know, yes, you had to climb up steps to get in the front door. But this is like a triple decker. Like you're not, you you saw Kevin on the roof. He was on the top. You just came in the front door. The front door is not the top. I think he's running into his issues with uh, like, he's having flashbacks to the first one where he's like had so much trouble with stairs in the first one, both. The nail on the stairs, the sliding down the stairs. Look, um, some people have a hard time with doors. Some people have a hard doors. time with stairs. Sometimes like, the doors, if they're like, pocket doors and don't open, they're super swing-wise confusing. Slide, they can trap someone in the bathroom for an untold amount of time. Yeah, I like. <laughs> yeah. Let's just give him a little bit of grace. Not everybody is super prepared or to proficient. interact with the world around them. My question is, when did Marv stop being able to interact with? floor because he kicks that door open and just looks straight ahead and then walks face that was should not have happened you know i don't always look where i'm walking super well (laughs) but unless they're trying to make it out to be it's so dark in there that he just did not see there was a floor Mm -hmm. it's just that's a leap to think that this person, while he did just get hit in the head with four bricks consecutively thrown from a third yeah. story brownstone bit roof, uh, that he would have just been like, oh, here we are, open it, and then face first into the yeah. uh, basement. Well, floor. he did just take four bricks to the dome, so. I think there's, yeah, there's the, there's the combination of the immediate trauma of the bricks, and I think there's some PTSD still lingering from last Christmas's encounter with the McAllisters. So... Maybe maybe there's flashbacks going on. Like Marv has a lot of issues. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Worth has never been the t- top of the heap anyway. No, no, and intellectually has never um, been one to impress. We'll say that. I think he honestly, Kevin, didn't need to go to all this trouble. He did the four bricks. And what he should have done is just sat there and waited until the inevitable brain bleed that he gave Marv killed him. And then that would demoralize Harry so much that they just would have left. Kevin didn't need to go to all this trouble because he'd already set off the alarm in the toy store and lured the robbers away. So the police are on their way to this alarm because the store's owned by a white dude. Who? What? You know, they ran away. They're not going to be there. They might find some fingerprints, but... but- he he averted the robbery. Well, they still got a lot of money because he left the bags laying on the street when he ran up the stairs. All I'm saying is Kevin Marv is a terrible capitalist. Did not Kevin did not need to pursue this violence the way he did. Oh no, no, no. He, Kevin like he wanted Kevin took to. this to eleven. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I understand it's this is not meant to be realistic. They're they're posing it as this what? is cartoonish. <laughs> you know, this is this is meant to be a cartoonish level of violence. But I think even for a cartoon, this is a bit much. Uh, Kevin is a is a troubled child. Yeah, if someone who put this in a Looney Tunes, Kevin cartoon, is a troubled child. Someone would have said, "We can't show this to kids." Yeah. Right. And this this was PG. This is not even a PG thirteen. This is this film is and maybe because there's no blood. We I mean we see the like the marks on, uh, you know, on Marv's forehead from the bricks, just like the the outline of the the iron from the first film. But yeah, there's no actual blood. We don't see like the the flesh dripping off Harry's head. At, you know, also from you gotta the fire make, maybe wonder what these two are made out of if there is no blood or dripping flesh. Yeah, maybe, are they not yeah. human? Are, are they androids? The- but they obviously still experience pain, so it's still not ethical to just like wail yeah. on them. Yeah. Well, I think that's the way to you know we're this is we're seeing this from Kevin's point of view, and for the you know sociopath ten year old white capitalist, the proletariat, the working class, the everyday. Marvin Harry, they don't have feelings, they don't have blood. He doesn't see them as real people. So he doesn't acknowledge their injuries, their pain, yeah, their suffering. Yeah, he just, he is a true capitalist. He thrives on the backbreaking labor of the the proletariat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't build that. Well, it's not his store. He didn't, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not his, yeah. store, not his townhouse. This is, now think about the, the, the working men and women of this job site who are rebuilding this townhouse from you and know, all from, of their hard work yeah. that he just destroys. Yeah. Oh, also, you better hope they triggered all those traps because what happens when these people show up on Monday <laughs> after Christmas? Yeah, flip on a light switch and then get a cattle prod up their butt. Right. That would be knows, yeah unfortunate. Yeah. Was OSHA cover that? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. don't show you that part of the plan, do they? No. Like all the people, all the cleaning people on the Death Star. <laughs> collateral damage is still damage. They don't show you, yeah, the collateral damage, the innocent bystanders. How many more people is this McAllister boy going to put in a hospital? <laughs> Until his hunger is sated. Well, thank you very much, <laughs> both of you, for joining us. 
for this festive holiday covering of uh, this section of Home Alone 2. <laughs> um, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so, Liz, if our listeners want to hear more from you, which I'm sure they do, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, it's really, you really can't. Uh, so just <laughs> turn on your favorite Movies by Minutes podcast and, like, cross your fingers, friends. You'll be there at some point. Yeah. yeah. Show up on a lot of them. <laughs> Um, and George, anything you want to plug? Any anything you got going on? Um, I mean, still got the Mogwai Minute out there kicking. If you want to get a, a, a nice little deep, deep dive into the Gremlins franchise, uh, let's see. And then I've got uh, a current podcast I'm working on with another friend of mine uh, called Elementary, my dear. Another friends? I do. It's weird. I know. Yeah. I always thought it was a one to one thing too, but apparently, I, it's not. I'd not approve that. I'm sorry. I found the paperwork. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's Elementary, my dears. It's an episode-by-episode um, breakdown of the CBS show Elementary. Yeah, and that's great. And uh, apparently Mean Girls Minute is oh, still yeah, out Mean there Girls on Minute is still internet. out there somewhere, right? Oh, yeah, I found, uh, I found a free host service, so it'll there never, you go. So it'll there never you go. go away. Um, so yeah, there's, if, there's 96 yeah. episodes of that if you really just need to hear my voice again. Yeah, so go back if you haven't. Check it out if you have checked it out. Listen to it again. It's it's even better the second time. Or you um, know what? If you really if you really want to hear some of my best work, you should check out the last five episodes or the second to last week of Minute Impossible season two. It's just <laughs> it's just yes. really some top notch top notch <laughs> Liz. Liz podcasting. Yeah. Some some high quality Liz content right there. I do some great um, work. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, listeners keep keep waiting. That way to Dune Minute is going to any day now. I, I just know it. One day. So just, just keep waiting. Um, and while you're waiting, you can you can find us. Continue listening wherever you hear this. Um, we are on the web at nextscenepod.com. Um, we're nextscenepod uh, on all the socials. Our Facebook group is the Jelly of the Month Club. Um, let us know about um, your favorite methods of torturing the working class. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we will... Drop some tips in the old inbox. (laughs) And so we will see you next time on The Next Scene.